So James, what brings you to Toronto? I'm here in Toronto um, in search of Gould. It's kind of like a musical pilgrimage, um, a personal pilgrimage even. I'm making a documentary for the BBC um, about him, um, looking at certain facets of his life, technology, um, the man himself, the often disputed and slightly curious idea that maybe he had Asperger's or was somehow on the spectrum. Um, so I'm meeting all kinds of amazing people who knew him and other people who didn't know him and doctors and politicians and engineers and producers um, to try and get a, a better picture of him. Who are you speaking with in the documentary? We are speaking to, for example, Lorne Tulk, who was one of his greatest producers. Um, we're talking, I hope, to Cornelia Foss, who was his lover, um, meeting Justin Trudeau, which is very exciting, uh, to fly the flag for Canada a bit. I've always maintained everyone who arrives in Canada should be given a kind of... Uh, recording of Gould's Goldberg variations as they walk through customs. And it was funny because I went um, through customs yesterday and the guy asked me what I was doing here and I told him and he said, oh great, Glenn Gould. And, and he said, who are you meeting? Like, like you asked. And I said, I'm meeting Justin Trudeau. And he just broke into this huge smile. He said, oh, we took selfies with him at Pride this year. And he's, we all love him here. And I just remember thinking that would never happen in America. It would never happen in England. Um, but here in Canada, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of love and a lot of friendliness. And um, so I'm meeting some really cool people. As far as musical icons go, Glenn Gould is one of those that people can become really obsessed with. What do you think it is about him that attracts so much attention? That's such a great question. I think until Gould came along, there was there was never anyone quite like him. I mean, he he. It sounds so stupid to say, but he he was a pinup, wasn't he? He was rock star handsome. I mean, the guy did interviews with Rolling Stone for God's sake, and um, he didn't seem to care about saying the wrong thing or upsetting people. He, he was a, a typical iconoclast. He didn't care. A bit like Beethoven. You know, Beethoven composed at a time when every other composer were trying to kind of woo their audience. And Beethoven just kicked down the door and planted bombs under their seats. And, and Gould did the same thing. You know, if you're given a record contract at that age, when you're so young, and you say... I'm going to record the Goldberg Variations, when no one had recorded it on a piano, no one even knew who it was. There was Wonderland Oscar on a harpsichord, which is just the worst instrument in the world. And, and, and to stick to his guns and do that, still one of the greatest-selling, best-selling classical albums of all time. And he just, he didn't care. His love was music, and, and that was it. And I love him for that. I love him for that. So he does, he inspires, I think, immense love, especially in Canada, where he just absolutely... He could have lived anywhere in the world and been treated as a rock star, and he just, he loved it. It was his home, and, and it, it's like, you know, you read people who win the lottery, and they say, oh, it will never change me, and it always changes them. Gould won the musical lottery, and it didn't change him. He was the same, and, and I really, you've got to respect that. Now, you've embraced technology so much, and your career extends into media beyond performing in a concert hall. Do you model your career after Gould's in any way? Gould and I are very, very similar. We're both complete geniuses when it comes to music. <laughs> I'm a slightly better pianist, obviously, um, and I'm much better looking. But no, of course not. I couldn't model anything on Gould. I mean, Gould is, you know, the benchmark for everything. I mean, Christ, Kissin doesn't play Bach because of Gould. I mean, how insane is that? I, I mean, I've got no words when I hear things like that. He inspires just awestruck terror in pianists. I would never aspire to model myself on him, but I do think that were he alive today, he would embrace all of those things. 
He would, he would love Twitter. He would get into fights all the time on Twitter with people, and he would indulge in these long rants on Facebook, and he would make... Imagine what he would do with YouTube. My God. I mean, the, the conversations he would have with himself, broadcast to millions of people, he'd be in his element doing that. Um, he was so far ahead of his time. In so many ways, Glenn Gould was such a colorful character. Do you have a favorite Gould story that captures his personality? There's one thing I love about him. It's not a specific story, but it's this idea that he would call people he barely knew and just talk at them all night long. My equivalent of that, because when it's three o'clock in the morning and you're going crazy and you want to chuck yourself out the window, it's not a good idea to be on your own. And I would listen to talk radio as to kind of keep me company. Gould would just pick up the phone and, and even while, while the guy he's speaking to is asleep on the end of the phone, he didn't care. He'd just talk at them about music, about whatever. And I love that. To me, Gould is this kind of giant child in a really good way. And I think when you are able to have the focus of an adult and the discipline of an adult with that childish enthusiasm and love for all things creative before it kind of gets beaten out of us by divorce and mortgages and tax and everything else and and politics that's the ideal combination and he had that and he never lost it and I think that's something to aspire to for all of us.